Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to All the Books, a weekly show of recommendations and enthusiasm regarding the week's new book releases. This is episode 446, and today we are talking about books being released on January 16th, 2024, and more. I'm Liberty Hardy, here with Vanessa Diaz, and we're coming to you from bookriot.com. Vanessa, hello. Liberty, how are you? I'm very well. As you know, we just talked for like almost an hour. <laughs> like I 40 think, minutes. <laughs> before, before, ah, uh, it's 20 past, I'd say 50. Oh yeah, no, um, you're right. I just love pretending like I haven't heard from you at all, even though I'm like, yeah, we just talked cats, books, bookstores. It's great. It's it's fine. Yeah, we both used to work in indie bookstores and we were reminiscing about, you know, all the things we miss and don't miss about working in a bookstore. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's been almost 10 years since I've worked in one now, which seems impossible. Um, But, you know, the further out I get, the, the more I miss it. Um, I loved straightening the books. I loved making recommendations. You know, I, I had a friend before I worked in a bookstore. Um, I had a friend who did work in a bookstore and she would let me come over at night and shelve books and straighten the books because I just loved it so much. And <laughs> I was like, I just need like another ever setup. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I just need like another setup like that. Like, please can I come straighten the books? Yeah. Yeah. She had I've this like seen idea. your future as an old lady. <laughs> like, oh, it's Liberty. Well, it's, she comes in and straightens the book. <laughs> yeah. And it ends with me under a pile of books. Um, but, it, you know, she had this idea. She's like, you should advertise a service where if people want their books alphabetized or straightened or their records alphabetized. Because I love to alphabetize. Like you could go to their house and do that. And I was like, and this is how I get murdered. Like, like it, yeah, probably, no, actually. I don't think that's a good idea. <laughs> You know, under but a pile of books. I, I was a little maybe tempted, dead from cyanide. You know? <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. we don't want that. <laughs> yeah, maybe it we was, only do uh, Dane time, like the home edit, where you come in and just like judge, <laughs> but get to yeah. leave, you know, healthy and alive. Yeah, but I mean, I would have probably. You know, I love <laughs> alphabetizing. You know, I'm in the middle of doing it in my house, and it's a lot. I'm like, can I just do someone else's, please? Oh my gosh, like, I did it I recently with a fraction else? of what you have, and I was like, okay, I'm not doing this for. I mean, I, I don't have to do it for a while, and I like know how often you do because of how many books you have. I, I'm vaya con dios, like you are an angel because I could not. Yeah, I you know, I like I said, I've almost it's been almost ten years since I stopped working in a bookstore, which is around the time that we moved into this house. Mm. So. I feel like I don't have anything, but then we have 10 years worth of stuff in this house now. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, this is my goal this year. Like I didn't make any resolutions, but my goal this year is to like get rid of stuff okay. because, you know, I have boxes that I haven't opened since we moved in. And I know that oh my that's gosh. Like a very common thing for people, right? <laughs> it is, but yeah, so, just hearing so it like, <laughs> Just chuck them, you know, like yep. that's it. Chuck them. Yeah. If you haven't so opened it now, to do. you don't need it. So yeah. Adios. Well, I mean, 
then I can make space for more books. That's which is you know? really all we're trying to do here. Because that's my aesthetic. I know everybody has their own thing. Like some people don't want a lot of books in their house. Some people don't want any books in their house. You know, some people only get library books. Some people don't keep their books. Mm-hmm. Like whatever works for you. This is what I want. My own library. I know. You know, so that's what works for me. Except that it's a huge mess right now. <laughs> Goals. <laughs> like, out of control. Um, but it's fun. You know, makes me happy all the time. So um, today is episode 446. But again, I couldn't find any area codes that correspond with that. Ooh. It seems to be like general use. So basically what I do is I just go to Google and I say area code 446. Yeah. And like it'll if if it has one, a place has one, it usually comes up at the top. And if it doesn't, it usually says like general use in the first few search results. Sure. And then you'll see like, oh, it's for this place. And, th- and I'm like, I don't think that it is. I think that you're just making stuff up. Um, so if your area code is 446, I'm very sorry if we slighted <laughs> you. And please, you know, send us an email and tell us where you are. Um, and more things to tell you. 2024 is the 10th year of the Read Harder Challenge. Join us as we make our way through 24 tasks meant to expand our reading horizons and diversify our TBRs. To get book recommendations for each task, sign up for the Read Harder newsletter. We'll also keep you informed about other cool reading challenges, readathons, and more across the bookish internet. If you become a paid subscriber, you get even more recommendations, plus community features where you can connect with a community of passionate, like-minded readers in a cozy and supportive corner of the internet. Visit bookriot.com slash readharder to sign up. That's bookriot.com slash readharder. And now we're going to talk about books, like we haven't already been. Uh, <laughs> but before we do that, we are going to hear from a sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by Flatiron Books, publisher of The Familiar by Lee Bardugo. This is one I'm actually super excited about. I liked Lee Bardugo's other adult fantasy books, and so I'm really looking forward to this one. It's set in the Spanish Golden Age during a time of high-stakes political intrigue and glittering wealth. It follows Luzia, a servant in the household of an impoverished Spanish nobleman who reveals a talent for little miracles. Her social climbing mistress demands Luzia use her gifts to win over Madrid's most powerful players, but what begins as simple amusement takes a dangerous turn. Luzia will need to use every bit of her wit and will to survive, even the help of Guillén Santangel, an immortal familiar whose own secrets could prove deadly for them both. So The Familiar by Lee Bardugo is on sale now. And like I said, it's a must read of the season. It's perfect for anyone who loves history, a little bit of magic, a lot of danger. You can get your copy now at LeeBardugoTheFamiliar.com. And thanks again to Flatiron Books, publisher of The Familiar by Lee Bardugo, for sponsoring this episode. Today's episode is brought to you by Harper Horizon, publisher of Walk Ride Paddle. Walk Ride Paddle is a captivating memoir of Senator Tim Kaine's physical journey through the Virginia wilderness, but it is also a unique and ultimately optimistic perspective on these pivotal moments in history, offering inspiration, wisdom, and hope. With immediacy and honesty, Kaine pulls back the curtain to reveal his inner thoughts during such monumental times. And Kane's storytelling gift and wise observations offer a fascinating glimpse into the mind of a seasoned politician and outdoor enthusiast. Walk Ride Paddle is available everywhere audiobooks are sold on April 9th. 
It is narrated and written by Tim Kaine, Virginia Senator and former Democratic vice presidential candidate. It's a compelling account of one man's journey across hundreds of miles of Virginia wilderness and a moving testament to the optimistic spirit of America. So make sure to check out Walk, Ride, Paddle by Tim Kaine. And thanks again to Harper Horizon, publisher of Walk, Ride, Paddle, for sponsoring this episode. Okay. My first pick for today is a horror novel. I'm very excited about it. It's called This Wretched Valley by Jenny Kiefer. This is a terrifying debut horror novel about four people who go into the Kentucky wilderness to map and climb what appears to be an untouched rock formation. So this very first thing that I'm going to tell you is not a spoiler. It is not only what happens on the very first page, but it's also in the description of the book. So if you don't want to know, cover your ears. On the first page, we find out that three of these four people are dead. Their bodies have been found in various horrifying conditions in the woods. I'm not going to tell you who's missing. Like they tell you that in the description on the book, but I'm not going to tell you that because that's too much of a spoiler, I think. But like this is the very like first couple pages. They find these these three bodies. So then the story goes back to explain possibly how this happened. So we have Clay. Clay is a geologist who is looking for his big break. He's looking for something to make him famous. And he gets his pilot friend to fly him in a small plane over swaths of forest. And he uses radar looking for various like rock formations and possibly like map an area that hasn't been seen before. And this happens. He strikes gold. He finds this appearance of a cliff face in a valley in the middle of a Kentucky forest that is not on any map that he can find. So he's very excited. And he asks his friend Dylan if she will come with him to climb it because Dylan is a professional rock climber. She's really good at it. She just got her first endorsement from a large company so she's like i'm gonna go with him he's gonna map it i'm gonna document my climb i'm gonna climb up this thing i'm gonna be the first person to do it he's gonna be the first person to do it we're gonna get famous and rich it's gonna be awesome so going along with clay and dylan are clay's assistant sylvia dylan's boyfriend luke and luke's beloved dog they stop at a restaurant for one last meal inside a building before they head out into the woods when the waitress asks them what they're doing, they say, oh, we're going into these woods because we found this thing. And she was like, oh, no, you don't want to do that. People have gone in and they don't come out. Or if they do come out, they're not the same. And they're like, OK, kooky waitress. Thanks. Thanks for the advice. You know, just kind of like dismiss her. But as soon as they start into the forest, when they arrive, something is wrong and everything starts going wrong. Sylvia Clay's assistant is a botanist and she notices that all the plants growing in the woods around the trees should not only not be found in Kentucky, most of them, but they're all poisonous. They also have more mm. bad luck with the GPS and their cell signal. But finally, like they get to the valley, they make camp. And the next day, it's a beautiful day. Dylan's like, look at this amazing cliff face. I'm going to climb it. And she does. And then Right after that, everything goes horribly, horribly wrong. The four end up stuck in the valley with no cell service, running out of food and water, becoming paranoid and suspicious of one another. 
partly because of what they encounter, but I'm not going to tell you what that is. I'm not going to spoil that for you. I will just say that the things that occur while they're down in the valley will give you nightmares. It's a bloody disgusting good time. So if you like to do outdoorsy stuff like camping and you like being frightened, read this book and give yourself some chills. If you don't like to do outdoorsy stuff, read it and feel justified in your choice. I do want to give content warnings for tons of gore, injury, violence, child and adult murder and death on the page, alcohol use, suicide and animal harm and death. Now, I'll say one more thing. Remember I said that Luke brought his beloved dog? I will now tell you whether the dog makes it or not. So if you don't want to know, cover your ears for five seconds. Ready? The dog lives. And this is This Wretched Valley by Jenny Kiefer. My favorite thing about the way that you describe horror is that you have such a cute voice. So you're like, <laughs> if you like really terrible things like gore and murder and violence, you just sound so cute delivering uh, it. And I love that. Like the juxtaposition is like one of my favorite things about doing this podcast. So thank you for that delivery. Prairie Dawn reads Stephen King. Yep. Love it. Exactly. <laughs> so good. <laughs> okay. So my first pick is Escaping Mr. Rochester by L.L. McKinney, which I was really excited about because I do love me some Jane Eyre, but I also recognize some of its more problematic aspects as I've gotten older. So I love someone who takes a look at those things and stares at them and confronts them. And that's what this book definitely does. Uh, so L.L. McKinney, in case you don't know, is the author of the Nightmareverse series. Other books as well, but this is probably the one that I'm most known for. Um, the first one of which is A Blade So Black. Really great covers on those. And uh, if you are concerned with spoilers about a really old book, then, you know, skip uh, maybe this whole description because it's kind of a spoiler. But if, again, it's Jane Eyre, so I'm just going to keep on going. Um, so the book is about Jane Eyre and Bertha Mason, and Bertha Mason is, of course, the wife of Mr. Rochester that we later find out has been in the attic the whole time. And in this book, they are joining forces because, you know, Jane has accepted this governess position at Thornfield Hall. She needed a job, needed, you know, a way to, like, make it in the world, and she has no interest in getting married. But Mr. Rochester is handsome and charming and, you know, ooh la la. Except that that charming, handsome, ooh-la-la smile can turn cruel in an instant. Something that his wife Jane, uh, not his wife Jane, that um, Bertha knows all too well. And Jane quickly discovers that there is some dark stuff going on at Thorfield, particularly upstairs, where Bertha is. So Bertha is, well, really looking for a way to like better her life. She's actually withholding her inheritance from Rochester, and that has sent him into a flying rage anger fest jane is asking questions bertha's resisting so that puts both of them in just like ever increasing danger and they decide that they're going to sort of be each other's person you know rely on each other for safety and maybe a little something more than just safety it's a great reimagining i have like actually 20 pages left in this book maybe a few more but i again like i said i really love books that take the classics and like give them their you know their flowers or what have you but also look at the stuff that like you know we just have gotten wrong and that we know better about now and you know bonus points for making it queer and feminist and all the things so I've, i'm really enjoying this so far i actually haven't read the nightmare verse books so i would love to go back and do so this is definitely um making me want to do that quickly so yeah a lot of fun that is escaping mr rochester by ll mckinney okay i almost just turned our recording off they really shouldn't put the mute button like right next to the stop button <laughs> This is poor planning for people like me. 
My next pick today is So Let Them Burn by Camilla Cole. I have not finished this book. I have like 20% left to go. So I don't know how it ends. Uh, but this is a debut. It's the first book in the Jamaican-inspired YA fantasy series about a young woman who has magic abilities that were gifted to her by the gods. And she uses her powers to free her people. Uh, she lives in the Langley Empire. Uh, but the thing that really sold me on this is that there are dragons. People ride dragons in her world. And Farron is a legend in her world because of you know what she did she freed her people the gods used her to fight a war when she was young and like everyone remembers her and hasn't forgotten what she did for them but now she's older and she's required to attend a world peace summit because they want her to show off her powers and be like look at me i'm that famous person that did this thing and and she doesn't want to but that's not even the big problem the big issue is that at the summit her older sister, Alara, bonds with an enemy dragon. So that is a problem. And so the gods tell Farron that she must kill her sister. They need to rid themselves of the enemy dragon. And in order to do that, Alara has to go. So Farron must decide if she's going to do what is asked of her again, even though she doesn't want to, even if it means destroying the person she loves most. It's a chosen one story. You know, like like Buffy, like you're the chosen one. You know, um, it's a story about sisters and war and anti-colonialism. The story is told in both Alara's and Farron's points of view. So we get to hear, you know, how the sisters feel and like what's going on like between them. And while Farron tries to decide what she's going to do, Alara is learning things about the Langley Empire that have been kept hidden and are not great. It's fun. It's fierce. I haven't even finished it, and I'm already excited about the sequel. Plus, dragons. That's really all I had to say, right? Dragons. Uh, there are a lot of content warnings for this, including racism and racial slurs, violence, injury, gore, death, loss of a loved one, colonialism, slavery, grief, war, and trauma. If you want more specifics on that list, the author uh, made a, a list on Goodreads of the content warnings, which I thought was very nice. Uh, so this is called So Let Them Burn by Camilla Cole. Ooh, dragons. Very into dragons right dragons. now. So is the world, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Love me a dragon. Okay. My next pick is one that I have had all of them up at arms for a while. It's already been out in the UK, but it's finally out in the US. And that's Divine Might, Goddesses in Greek Myth by Natalie Haynes. I know I have talked about Natalie Haynes on the show, specifically Stone Blind last year, which was the kind of Medusa retelling. She's also the author of a lot of other books like Children of Jocasta and A Thousand Ships, which I really loved. And this is uh, her nonfiction. She has other nonfiction, I think Pandora, um, Pandora's Myth, Pandora's Star. But I've been looking forward to this one because it is like all of the things that Natalie Haynes does feminist, but specifically looks at like the goddesses of Greek myth, as you may have you know been able to tell from that title. Natalie Haynes is awesome. She's a classicist. She's the host of the radio podcast. Natalie Haynes stands up for the classics. And I just love, like I said, that she always takes this like feminist lens to like really unpack what really is a hard job too to do this with myths because what we know about mythology, like we've kind of, you know, maybe you've only heard like the versions of the myth, the myths that are in stuff like, you know, the Dallaire's books, but to get those versions of the myths has required a lot of piecemealing from so many different sources. And this is a thing that she, you know, does professionally. 
So in this book, the focal point again is the goddesses and how historically the focus of these women has always been their negative traits. And listen, many of them do terrible things <laughs> like Hera, for example, like, is she awful? Yes. But Natalie Haynes, you know, frames her as like, yeah, but she was also married to Zeus, who is himself 18 different kinds of terrible. And you could argue that really what's going on in that marriage is coercive control. And so, yes, Hera is awful, but she's kind of awful from like a reactionary place and not like justifying the ta terrible things that she does. But it definitely, ex you know, adds some context and like explains them. She talks about forgotten goddesses and, you know, having like reclaiming their narrative like Hestia. I love the chapter on Hestia. And I love the whole book, but it really got me just from the intro because it speaks to a thing that I've been thinking a lot about, not to get like super personal on the podcast, but I've been trying to unpack and there's an essay in me somewhere about this, how my deep, deep, deep obsession with mythology is in some ways a reaction to my own feelings about the religion I was raised in and Christianity in general. And that's no disrespect to people who like still follow the faith. I still, I think, do to some extent. But there is something about mythology that just puts the terribleness of the gods like right up in front and center. Like they don't pretend that they're not terrible and awful and petty and petulant and like hypocritical. And Natalie Haynes does shine so much of a light on that and how that is likely because the gods are actually a reflection of like, like we create them in our image maybe versus the other way around. And now you doing all of that work plus focusing specifically on the women in these myths uh, did something real good for me. And I, this is one of my favorite of her books yet. So loved it so much. If you are a mythology nerd or, or want to be, <laughs> this is a good place to start. That again, it was Divine Might, Goddesses in Greek Myth by Natalie Haynes. Okay. Those are books that we have read and enjoyed and are reading and enjoying. Up next, some books that we haven't necessarily read, but we are excited to read. Uh, I have read my next pick, uh, it's short. It's wonderful. It's Beauty Land by Marie Helene Bertino. I love Bertino's books. Most recently, her novel Parakeet, which was about a woman who thinks her dead grandmother is communicating with her through a parakeet, asks her to make all kinds of decisions. Um, this is about communication as well from another species, but it's actually from a species not of our planet. It's about a young woman named Adina. Adina was born in Philadelphia to a single mother, and she was born at the same time as the Voyager 1 was launched into space. From a young age, Adina knows that she is not like other people. She has knowledge of the existence of life on another planet. She's not sure how she knows, except that she assumes she must be from this other planet. And as she gets older, she discovers a fax machine that helps her communicate with the aliens. And she starts sending them reports on life on Earth. Uh, which, if you've ever read the book No Word from Gerb, that was a really fun book about these aliens that come to Earth. And they're like, th I read this so long ago, they were like, Dennis Rodman, he's definitely one of us. Anyway, back to Bootyland. Uh, it is just a delightful and heart-squeezing show of imagination. It's, you know, about us, you know? It's a fresh way to show how alone we are in the world, humans, how lonely we are, even when we're around others. Uh, Kristen Radke touched on this in Seek You, you know, about how more people claim they are lonely or experience bouts of loneliness now than ever before. And um, that's a great book to pick up as well. Um, but this, you know, book also makes the, the point that we're all a little weird. We're all aliens. We all don't fit in sometimes. 
I was trying to come up with a great way to describe how her work makes me feel Bertino's when I read it. And I'm going to say it out loud and it's probably not going to make any sense. So just go with me. But it, her writing has like this cool antiseptic cotton swab swipe way of going across your brain and you feel tingly and refreshed. Like, I, I guess that's, that's what I wanted to say. Um, it's just, it's great. It's beautiful and strange, just like us. And it made me miss my home planet. I do want to give a content warning for loss of a loved one, grief and death. This is Beauty Land by Marie Helene Bertino. I keep myself on mute because we all know I have this post nasal drip clear throat clearing problem, but I I thoroughly enjoyed that entire experience of that blurb. Thank you. <laughs> I love it so much. Um, so I have read most of my next pick as well, and it's uh, apparently a really good day for themes that Vanessa gets excited about because this one's about witches. Uh, so it's called Witchcraft, A History in 13 Trials by Marion Gibson. So, you know, I stay reading about witches and witchcraft like that's not a secret, but I feel like a lot of what I've been reading lately has been fictional, which is great because I love me some fiction about witches. But it's been a while since I read a book about, you know, witches and witchcraft that was nonfiction and not one that was this expansive, which is what really kind of drew me to it. So you've heard, I think Liberty and I actually talked about on the show once, but how when we read Everyone Knows Your Mother is a Witch, like the realization that, and maybe not realization so much as reminder, because I think we maybe know this, but that like the witch trials were big in so many parts of the world and in Europe, like obviously we know here in the US about the Salem witch trials and maybe you do about some of the ones in England, but really it was all over Europe and in other parts of the world. And this book seeks to sort of remedy some of that misinformation and just sort of yeah, take like a wider lens to look at what witchcraft and the accusations of it really meant um, in a societal perspective. So she zooms out and talks about um, like, yes, the ones in Salem, but also ones in Norway and France and Lesotho and explains how witchcraft became like feared and criminalized and then decriminalized and how we've imagined it and kind of gone back and reframed it as gendered persecution and like all the just all the complications therein and like what it means about like gender and power and women and and just marginalized groups and it is just such catnip for anybody who likes diving into that stuff and again packages several different examples of witchcraft in one place uh, or witch trials anyway that was just such so so perfect for someone like me who loves to read about this sort of thing and now i have all kinds of did you knows wrapped up in my brain so yeah if you love you some witchy reads but i've been looking for some more nonfiction and to kind of expand the the knowledge base that you already have of like where this took place and what it means this is a great pick and that is witchcraft a history in 13 trials by marion gibson okay and my other choice for today is ilium by leah carpenter i haven't read this but it sounds fantastic i'm very interested to read it it's an espionage thriller and the description gives away so little that there's not much to tell you about it and the book gives away so little maybe because it's a book about spies but it's about an unnamed english narrator and on her 21st birthday, she meets a handsome stranger. The narrator has always longed for an exciting life, and she thinks maybe he is her chance to have it. He's going to take her away from all the dullness of her life. Uh, and his name is Marcus, and she and Marcus are soon married. And while they're on their honeymoon, he enlists her help. Her help. He tells her that he needs her to do a favor for him uh, and visit a remote compound owned by a wealthy man 
on a tiny little piece of land in the middle of the Atlantic where it's possible that no one she meets there is who they claim to be. And it's also possible that she has been duped, you know, in this romance into becoming an instrument for a top secret organization. She doesn't know. Is this a different, exciting life she has been longing for? What is happening at this compound? Who knows? Because they don't tell you. You have to read it. I'm going to. Um, They don't say what her role is, but it sounds very intriguing. That's all I know. It's Ilium by Leah Carpenter. I did not know there was an espionage thriller. Hmm. Very interesting. I know. (laughs) Yeah, it, it sounds really fun. Love me some of that. Well, we're doing really great on time, so I'm actually telling us about two more books, but I'm going to make it quick-ish <laughs> because they're both ones. One is a paperback release, so you've already heard somebody, if not me, talk about it, so I'll keep it brief. And then one that I kind of got like newly into my consciousness in the last 24 hours for not good reasons, but the book itself sounds great. So the first one is The Haunting of Alejandra by V. Castro. It is now out in paperback. This book is so, so great. I, I actually haven't read more of Vicastro, but from what I can tell, definitely does, uh, not maybe in all her books, but in some for sure, loves to do folkloric, folkloric monsters, pardon me, plus like trauma, <laughs> and, like loop those together to make some really cutting horror. And that is what this was for me. It is all about this woman named Alejandra, but the like folkloric monster here is La Llorona, which is... You know, otherwise known as like the weeping woman or the wailing woman um definitely huge in mexican folklore but i believe also in other parts of latino america so i don't want to like claim it her as just our own but she's a woman who generally there's lots of versions of the story but appears on a ghost in a riverbank and she's usually grieving and wailing because uh, her two her children have been drowned and in some versions of it it's because she drowned them herself And the reasons for that kind of vary with each version of the tale. And I've really enjoyed seeing people take that story and kind of fill in the blanks uh, in modern retellings. So this one is the story of a woman who is haunted by La Llorona as she sort of unravels dark secrets from her own family history. And I kind of think that's almost all you should know. (laughs) And she has children of her own. Is hearing these voices kind of pretending not to and it's just just follow it into the dark it's it's great i really really enjoyed this one so yeah that's out in paperback now and that's the haunting of alejandra by v castro and then very quickly i wanted to mention a book that i think we should all pick up i am i just downloaded it yesterday called you dreamed of empires by alvaro enrique this is a book that you may have heard about recently because it was recently reviewed in the New York Times and the review made my blood boil like how does this kind of review still get through edits um because it was so racist in its description of names of like indigenous gods and it i just it through the roof so we're not going to focus anymore on that but it sounds like a really cool book it fictionalizes the events of 1519 when you know spanish conquistador hernan cortez entered the city at the nochitlan which is today known as mexico city and it's the story of you know him meeting moctezuma for the first time and it's got very like, uh-oh, what have we done vibes? Because Cortes and his people are kind of let into the city like a little too easily to this very labyrinthine setup. And it's like, oh, everything's fine, except is it? Um, and the story is described as setting a fire the moment of conquest and turning it into a moment of resolution and fantastical counterattack. And that just sounds deeply up my alley in a million ways. And I wish I'd known about the book sooner because I would have read it for the show. But yeah. Super angry at that review. Don't listen to it. Read this book. <laughs> you Dreamed of Empires by Alvaro Enrique. And it's actually translated by Natasha Wimmer. And I will finally stop talking. 
All right. You keep talking, but we're going to have a sponsor now, so they might talk over you. Okay. Today's episode is brought to you by Bloom Books. Taming Seven is an epic and unforgettable love story in the international best-selling and TikTok phenomenon, The Boys of Tom and Series from Chloe Walsh. So Tommen's cheekiest lad, Jared Gibsey Gibson, has always been a comedian, but inside he is haunted by events of the past and he uses humor to cope, hiding his true self from the world. Then you have Claire Biggs, who is the epitome of sunshine. She's always loved Gibsey, her brother's friend and her favorite neighbor. She also has always seen a side to him that no one else seems to notice, and she becomes determined to tame her wild-at-heart childhood best friend. So The Boys of Tom and Series is an internationally best-selling YA romance series that has taken TikTok by storm. It's perfect for readers looking for new adult slash crossover romance, dual point of views, friends to lovers, marathon worthy TikTok books, and angsty tearjerkers. Taming Seven is published today and it's the fifth book in the series. So make sure to check it out. And thanks again to Bloom Books for sponsoring this episode. Today's episode is brought to you by Song of the Silks Realms by Judy Eyelin. Shu Wei is a talented young musician who was orphaned at a young age. Her sole family is a kindly uncle, but then her uncle is killed and she is, of course, devastated. With no family and no patron, Shu Wei is facing the possibility of a lifetime of servitude playing the chin. Then one night, she is unexpectedly called to perform for the enigmatic Duke Meng. He surprises Shu Wei further with an irresistible offer. Serve as a musician in residence at his manor for one year and he'll set her free of her indenture. But the Duke's motives become increased more sus when he and Shue barely survive an attack by a nightmarish monster. It's like, what, <laughs> what's going on here? So this book is a sweeping epic romanticy that follows a talented young musician who is swept away to the celestial realm by an enigmatic young duke. And who doesn't want to be swept away to the celestial realm by an enigmatic young duke? She's living all our dreams, honestly. Make sure to check out the new book. And thanks again to Song of the Six Realms by Judy Eileen for sponsoring this episode. Okay, so those are books we read, books we're excited about. Do these little recaps. Now we're going to talk about a few books that are out in paperback today, starting with Horse by Geraldine Brooks. This is an award-nominated novel set in three different time periods. It's about horses and war and a 19th century painting and art and horse racing and science. Like I said, it's been nominated for a bunch of awards. I heard so many people last year say how much they loved it. Up next, Master Slave Husband Wife, An Epic Journey from Slavery to Freedom by Ilion Wu. This is an award-winning biography about an enslaved couple who escaped Georgia by her posing as a wealthy white man, and him, her husband, acting as that man's slave. Uh, they were celebrities in the North when they got there. People were like, wow, that was an amazing, daring escape. Uh, but soon they were on the run again after the Fugitive Slave Act was passed. The New Life by Tom Crew. This has a zillion accolades. It's set in the last few years of the 19th century about a man named Henry, who is writing a book about homosexuality, when the news breaks that Oscar Wilde, when I say news breaks in 1896, it's probably like, you know, months later they find out. Uh, but the news that Oscar Wilde was arrested for being queer, you know, comes through. Henry must decide if he's going to abandon his book 
or risk his freedom and the freedom and lives and safety of the people around him. Scorched Grace, a sister holiday mystery by Margaret Dewahi. This is the first in a new series. The second one's coming out in the next few months, I think. It's about a queer, chain-smoking, foul-mouthed nun at a Catholic school who works to solve a series of arsons that are hitting churches in her city. The Faraway World, stories by Patricia Engel. Engel is amazing. This is her most recent book, a collection of stories. Uh, she wrote The Veins in the Ocean and Infinite Country, which I highly recommend if you have not read those. Friday, I'm in Love by Cameron Garrett, about a young woman who is turning 16 who doesn't want a sweet 16 party. She wants a coming out party. So she works and saves to make it happen and also crushes on a girl at school. Really good, actually, by Monica Heisey. This is about a young woman who is nearing 30, who feels like her life is getting away from her. She hates her job. She just got out of a disastrous brief marriage. And so she's going to go back into the dating world because she thinks that will make her feel better. I've heard this is very, very funny. All the Dangerous Things by Stacey Willingham, about a mother trying to get to the bottom of the disappearance of her toddler son from his crib a year before. And Decent People by Deshaun Charles Winslow. This is historical fiction set in a still segregated town in North Carolina in the mid-1970s. A young woman moves back to West Mills, the town, to marry her childhood sweetheart, but his three half-siblings are found murdered, and he is the main suspect. So she is determined to uncover the truth, but finds out that the town is hiding so many dark, dangerous secrets. So those are paperbacks. Vanessa, what are you going to read next? I'm going to shock everyone. <laughs> this first one is just, I'm reading Queen Bee by Gino Dawson. I know my friends love me because they, uh, including Liberty and Jamie, immediately messaged me when this book was available to download as a gallery. <laughs> so I was like, yes, thank you. So I'm going to be doing that. And then I'm really, 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 really late to this. But because of Jamie's recommendation, for a great audiobook, I'm finally reading the Ember in the Ashes series by Thelma Tahir. I blasted through that first one. Like I was listening to it and I didn't have anything to do because I'm at my parents' house. So I'm not doing like my usual, you know, I don't know, errands and hobbies. So I was literally just sitting there on my bed listening to the audiobook like it was an old timey radio show. <laughs> it was just so, so good. So I'm now moving on to the second, which is Torch Against the Night. And yeah, I can't believe how late I am. This is, it's it starts off with a bang, like I don't know five pages in I was like clutching my non-existent pearls I yeah I'm, <laughs> I know I'm really late to this party but having a great time so yeah moving on to both of those, those. she is so amazing Oof, I am Just so impressed so amazing yeah um I I think I've told this story before but I actually met her one time at an event and she's just so cool Aww. and just amazing that she signed my book and then I curtsied and then I was like I have to you know never <laughs> meet her again like I don't even know what like I was just like I don't even know what came over me I walked away like is everyone looking at me is everyone looking at me like what just happened yeah she's that cool she'll make you curtsy oh that is fantastic yeah. I muted myself because I realized I had my cough drop in my mouth so sorry if that was yeah. clicking and then I almost choked on it please don't choke on the podcast oh my gosh that is great I just the visual of you being like Thank you, ma'am. Uh, she was like, she was like wearing you. like a like a you know heavy metal t shirt and this cool leather jacket, and she's just the coolest. And so, <laughs> yeah, it was embarrassing. Oh, that is great. 
I mean, I love her. I mean, maybe she didn't much. notice, but I couldn't turn around to like say, like I was just like, okay, I'm, I'm done. Just curtsy and dash is an yeah. even better visual. <laughs> I need to move far away. So Oof. I'm actually. <laughs> well, what I'm, are you reading? I'm like one third of the way through All the Colors of Darkness by Chris Whitaker, which has been getting a lot of buzz on Instagram. So I'm checking out that and. That is it for us today. You can visit bookriot.com slash readharder to sign up. That's bookriot.com slash readharder. Thank you to our sponsors. Thank you to our awesome audio editor, Caitlin Brame. You can drop us a line at all the books at bookriot.com if you want to tell us if you are in the 446 area code or if you curtsy. Uh, Vanessa, where can people find you online? I am at Instagram and Blue Sky at Buenos Dias SD. All right, and I mostly hang out on Instagram at Friends and Comes Alive. And as much as we would love to tell you about more books today, we just don't have the time, but you can read about more titles out now in the show notes at bookriot.com slash all the books, as well as find a link to our weekly new books newsletter. And for more recs or general bookishness, check out bookriot.com. And don't forget to check out our full stable of podcasts at bookriot.com slash listen, or just search Book Riot on your podcast player of choice. And in the meantime, happy, happy reading. reading.